Hey guys, it's Logan. I wanted to sort of make a pre-podcast announcement. Apologies for the delay in this one. Uh, You know, we were out of town for Memorial Day weekend, and while we expected to have some of the technology available, we, we did have some issues, and as a result, ended up recording on a mountain uh, on cell phones. So we know there's going to be some audio quality that y- you wouldn't expect out of the Crowncast, but uh, we hope you will understand for this one. We're sorry for getting it out a bit late, and we're going to get right into it and hope that you guys enjoy what we were able to get out for you. This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means that you are listening to another episode of the Crown Cast. And if it sounds a little different today, it sounds a little different because we have had an interesting holiday weekend here in North Carolina. Uh, we have, of course, Memorial Day weekend, and I decided to take the time and step away with some loved ones. And in doing so, went up into the beautiful North Carolina mountains. If you have not seen the North Carolina mountains, you should. Look them up online, look them up, uh, or drive to them, visit them, fly to them, do whatever you have to do. They are gorgeous. What they do not have is an ability to reach the internet. Uh, So here to help me solve some technical difficulties and get this out for you is Ewan. Hello, Ewan. Hello. Unfortunately, I'm not in in a similarly scenic place, but um, (laughs) hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully that doesn't impact the ability to... To break down the game. Yeah, I do. I hurt for you, Ewan, in this particular one, because the place that we were going, I did all the research beforehand. I said, yes, it's going to have internet. They were very confident. The internet was strong and stable, and I shouldn't have any problems with this particular effort. But when that did not work the first day, and, uh, you know, we tried to to solve our technical difficulties, uh, I decided that I was going to take it upon myself, and I've driven to the top of one of the mountains to a, a golf course. I have played golf once or twice in my life and uh, we're doing the recording from there i am doing the recording overlooking the beautiful scenic view of the north carolina mountains but that means that while my view is probably the best it's ever been for a post react uh the post react is unfortunately late and does have the phone or does have the sound quality from my phone so to all of our listeners thank you for putting up with uh, a little bit of delay in this one, and we hope you enjoy it despite the challenges. Oh, I think we've gotten through all the business. Ewan, does that feel like we've gotten through all the business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's everything covered. Now we'll uh, yeah get to the uh, get to the good stuff of breaking down a, a big win. We absolutely should. Um, it, it, can we call it a big win? Does it feel like a big win? Uh, we we obviously take a one one nil win over LA, but would you say that this is a, a big win for Charlotte, or would you say this is one that they might have been expected to to go out and take? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's kind of twofold in that way because I had obviously said that this is a game that we should really be uh, looking to win quite comfortably, um, and it wasn't exactly as as comfortable as we would have hoped, but. I think when you can win a game like that, where you're not quite playing as well as you'd hope to, that obviously says something about your team, about the uh, the floor of quality that you have. And on top of that, I think any time you, as an East Coast team, travel over to the West Coast um, and play a road game with that time difference, I think it's it, it's always a good thing to uh, to get a win, obviously. But in those circumstances, I think you just 
you take a win however they come, even when they are a little bit difficult like they were in uh, in the case of Saturday night's game. Yeah, I think something that doesn't get mentioned, and maybe it's because throughout most of my life I've been a very young man, uh, and I, li- I like still think I'm young on the inside, but there was a time in my life where a three-hour time difference didn't make that much a- of an effect on my person. And for some of these guys who are in their 30s, sort of mid-30s out here, uh, that three-hour time difference is starting to hit a little different, and I can understand how it how it makes some people uh, how it makes it harder to go away and just instantly be up to speed. Do you want to do crowns or cards first for this one, Ewan? Um, I think we could open with the cards and uh, and then uh, end with the crowns, with it being a win, end on the uh, end on the more positive note. Yeah, sounds good to me. Um. Let's go ahead and I'm going to do my card first because I don't do that very often and we want to change it up for you. I'm going to go and I'm going to give a card to, I'm going to give my card to Justin Merrim. Um, Justin Merrim is a guy who came in under weird circumstances. I think it's safe to say there was the whole mess of whether or not he was getting traded. And then he came in uh, sort of for a, a financial trade instead of a player trade like was originally sort of put up by reports. He came in, he's done really, really well for himself. He's clearly showed he has a level of technical prowess and an understanding of the game that is quite high. And he's used it to great effect out there on the wings. This was a tough game for him. And I think this card comes not as much as a, you know, this card doesn't feel to me like a dagger as much as a a notice of when someone is highly technical is just a little bit off. Uh, he got into a lot of very good positions out on the left in this one. He really created some of the threat that it looked like Latanzio wanted. It seemed like Latanzio wanted to push the ball out to the wings and then cross it in dangerous positions and try and get some some chances sort of in the air in the box in this one. It looks like Justin Merrim was getting to that final point and then was then just crossing the ball directly to their keeper. Crosses are tough. They're long balls. They're big things to hit. They are not, they're not easy to put the, on the head of, of your attacking player. But for a player with the quality of Justin Merrim and for a player with that quality that I've already seen, I do expect from, from a technical level him to be able to put those in a place that aren't the, the end of attack. Maybe they're not perfect. Maybe they're not directly on the head of Carol Schroederski. Maybe they're not uh, an absolutely killer ball, which he does hit one of, and I think he deserves credit for hitting the, the cross off of the corner kick, which was really just a, a perfectly placed laser beam that did not give the defense time to react. Most of his in-balls today were, were pretty bad. They were directly into the hands of the L.A. keeper, Thoughts on Justin Miram? Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think you mentioned there. Obviously, he does get the uh, assist for the goal, which uh, is from a corner, so you can almost kind of set that aside from the open play stuff that you're uh, that you're talking about there. So I do think it's fair to card him, even though he does have that uh, assist to his name in the, in uh, in this game. I think one of the big mm-hmm. things with uh, with with Miram here is um, he given that he's playing on the left and is, is very right foot dominant combined with the fact that we have the left back inverting, we don't 
have a lot of byline threat from that side. When you have, uh, obviously, Vargas on the right in this game, who uh, I think did really well, um, he did a good job of, of not getting right to the byline, but using you know using the, his right-footedness on the right to get crosses into the box um, and mm-hmm. always kind of give the fullback a little bit of uh, a little bit of a hard time knowing where he was going to go with the ball, where he was going to go inside, go down the outside of him. With Merrim, the combination of him being so right-footed on the left and the inverting of the left-back, he really only has that, you know, come inside into the half space or come inside from a little deeper and cross the ball in that you mentioned there. So when that is all that he has in those situations, the delivery has to be really good. The technical floor of it has to be very high for it to uh, for him to justify his place uh, and for the system overall to work. So when it when it isn't at that level, like you mentioned there, it's going to stand out a lot and it's going to end up in him not having as great a game. Yeah, we didn't get a lot of joy out of that. Let's go ahead and move to your card for the day. Uh, who do you felt like? Underperformed. Uh, well, my card on this one, which is uh, kind of a combination of the performance in the game and also just kind of, I think it's a good time to kind of bring it up and, and, and talk about it. Uh, my card is uh, for or Christian Kalina, um, who in this game obviously keeps a clean sheet, also makes some good saves as well. Uh, but the reason I want to give him a card is because this game, I think exposed particularly a few areas of his game in which he is weak, which is, I think, in terms of command as a sweeper-keeper and in terms of his distribution. Uh, Charlotte played a pretty high line in this game um, with the the purpose being that, and you saw it a few times, they were going to play quite a strict offside trap, which uh, is, a, is a smart thing to do anyway against a team like uh, LA Galaxy, but also is helped by the fact that now with uh, with VAR, even if those tough decisions for a linesman uh, don't get made in the moment, VAR's always going to bail you out. As long as your offside trap is good, even if it's not seen on the field, it can be caught out by VAR. Uh, but the combination of that, when you're playing a high line, is that you need to also have a goalkeeper uh, who will be able to sweep up those balls which are played over the top or played through, which are just a little have a little bit too much on them. And there were a couple of cases in this game where that did happen, where a ball came through the offside trap um, and was in an area where a goalkeeper should really be coming out of their area and clearing it and dealing with that danger. And uh, Kalina didn't. And this is one of those errors where it can be really costly because if you don't do it, they turn into one-on-one opportunities. And one of them did turn into a one-on-one opportunity where um, I believe it was Boyd who uh, ended up going around Kalina, but took it a little too far wide uh, and uh, ended up kind of messing up the uh, messing up the chance. Um, so that's a little tough area of his game, combined with the fact that the distribution in general was poor, uh, putting a lot of the players in difficult, uh, difficult situations with the short-range passing. A lot of long-range passing was... Uh, was just bad technically. There were balls going out of uh, going out of the field of play. So I think it's almost like I'm giving him a card for this because he struggled in both those areas. Even though in the conventional keeper stuff, in terms of shots faced, he was pretty successful. But it's almost a case of an overall Kalina conversation as well, because 
is this the kind of goalkeeper who we want to continue to build the team around if we want to play with a high line and if we want to play with the ball in possession and build from deep if we want to get to those places. So my cards for him, I understand conventionally he did well. He kept a clean sheet. <laughs> but there's just a couple areas there which, um, yeah, I know, he's a goalkeeper kept a clean sheet and gets a card. It seems harsh on the surface. <laughs> but I do think there's a couple of things there that stood out in this game which make you think, is this the guy who we want to continue with? And a couple of errors where on another day they could have ended up costing Charlotte. Yeah, I think that you bring a couple of points to light that I really enjoy. I think I do think this card is harsh. Uh, I think that Christian Kalina had a pretty good performance on the day, but you do sort of talk about a few points that that do need to be addressed if we want to to bring this team to a level that is absolutely attacking for titles, right? Is out there to win trophies. Christian Kalina is going to have to develop. And I think that he has been the most stable performer in the back of Charlotte FC's net this season. But his sweeper keeper, I do think, could use some. I think that I think that could definitely be the case where you get a goalkeeper who is so confident in their shot stopping abilities that they almost feel like themselves. It's a better it's a better option to stay on their line because they back themselves so much to make a save. Um, yeah, it's definitely not, and, it's and definitely he's, not necessarily he, he, the right probably, move. No. <laughs> and that's that's the thing that it gets to. Like, uh, if if a ball goes over the top and is about five or ten yards too long, um, where a cleaner should be dealing with it, but he doesn't, and then the player goes through, has a one-on-one, cleaner makes a big save, then the outcome for that for a lot of people is, oh, wow, what a save. What, 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 you know, that's brilliant from Kalina. But if you're looking at this from the process perspective, maybe that's not exactly what you want, even though he is a good shot stopper. As, a, as someone looking at this from the perspective of, of process, you'd rather have him coming out and clearing the ball than taking the chance of, like, if you save half of your one-on-ones, then you're a good keeper. But still, you're giving the other team a 50% chance of scoring a goal, even if you're really good at shot stopping. <laughs> so I like that you called this a discussion because I do actually think it leads to a really good discussion, right? Technically, we gave a card to Christian Kalina. Uh, I think that's very harsh, but I do think it leads to to some interesting talk that probably is going to get readdressed later as we move on with Christian. And that it's is, the other, the, you know... The other side of this as well that I want to mention, sorry, it's just that, you know, it is, it is quite a harsh card, but, you know, this this sometimes happens in uh, in victories where we, you know, we have to kind of give out a card and <laughs> there's no obvious candidate sometimes. So you're just kind of looking at a couple areas where this wasn't ideal, that wasn't ideal, and maybe it's something that is worth discussing. That, Like you say, it's good that it's a discussion um, because I think... Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it leads to the how do we get better conversation, right? And I I like, you know, uh, I think I'm just going to sort of give a, a false crown to Charlotte FC here for a moment because a false crown, that makes it sound like I'm giving them a bad I'm giving like a little tiny bonus crown to Charlotte <laughs> FC here for a moment because uh, a little while ago, we weren't talking about how do we get better as a team, right? We weren't talking about where do we make tweaks that make this team consistently more successful. We were talking about how do we not get slaughtered, right? We were talking about how do we buddy and potentially come away with a victory. Now, over the course of the last couple of weeks, we're talking about, hey, 
what if Christian Kalina came off his line a little bit earlier as a sweeper keeper and dominated the space outside of his box like he does inside his box? Right, we're talking about tweaks now. We're not talking about, hey, here's whole, wholesale massive changes that need to happen for it to be functional. And I like that. Uh, I do think Kalina deserves to be shouted out for the fact that, you know, you talked about 50-50. I think his one-on-ones right now, I don't know that he has lost a one-on-one yet since he has returned from injury. I think he's faced like nine or 10, and I don't think a single one has gone by him. Uh, he, has, he has had that one where it got deflected off of him, and then they got it on the second chance, but he saved the original one-on-one. So uh, the man does have superhuman powers in that area, and that doesn't necessarily mean the process is right going forward. Let's, uh, are, are you happy with that on Christian Kalina? Is there anything else you want to touch on? Or should we move on to crowns? I think that's fair. I think that's fair because um, in the, within the conversation of talking about his distribution and his ability to, uh, to, to come out and address balls over the top, it should also be mentioned that he is a pretty impressive uh, 1v1 shot stopping goalkeeper so i i don't doubt that but like you say it's a process thing and it's part of a uh, of a bigger conversation that i think is interesting and he did i mean i think it's right you point out his distribution was bad <laughs> there, there were a couple of balls <laughs> out out into nowhere i think for me i tend to be a little bit blind to that because i know all of our keepers distribution is not great no one at charlotte fc from the do i expect to be able to ping a ball successfully out to the wings and uh, Christian Kalina not only did not do that today, but also didn't necessarily get the ball close, which isn't ever inspiring. Uh, I'm going to go ahead to people who we feel like kind of jumped off the page at us. Uh, do you want to go first and give us a crown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. No problem. Uh, yeah, so my crown in this game is going to Ashley Westwood, who I think had quietly his best game uh, for Charlotte in this one. Uh, because I think that in the tactical developments of this team, we're now getting him into the role that I think is best for him, which is playing a little further up the field, uh, playing as an eight rather than as a, uh, a deeper six, and also getting into uh, being able to get into areas kind of on the corners of the box and in the half space. In this game, you saw him connecting quite a lot with um, with Vargas on that left side, or on the right side, sorry. Uh, and that's really important for this team because within the context of the Merrim conversation, we play with the full uh, fullbacks coming inside into the midfield and going into now this either 2-3 or 3-2 defensive shape where our fullbacks don't contribute massively to the wide areas of the attack. So to make up for that, we demand more of our eights in those areas to come towards the wide players and either kind of offer as an option maybe five or 10 yards deeper on the field or to provide the underlapping to be able to, uh, to, to put defenders in a little bit of jeopardy and make life easier for our wingers, uh, which I think Westwood did really well in this game. And it also helps that not just by doing that in those areas, he can manipulate defenders. He also has the real quality in those areas too, if he does get the ball to put in a great delivery uh, and create a uh, a good opportunity should it happen. I do think that that's almost a prediction that I would have that him operating in those areas, him playing in those areas around the box and being able to hopefully deliver a few balls into the box soon, if given the opportunity, is going to create some massive chances for us and hopefully a goal in the games going forward. But in general, I thought he was really, really good in this game. There was a moment really early in the game 
which showed how good he is at some of the smaller stuff. He did an incredible job of scanning to make sure that Vargas, as we mentioned earlier, his relationship with Vargas was really good in this game. He did a real good job of always scanning into that right area, looking off the ball as the ball was progressing through the left side uh, of our team, of making sure that in three separate looks at him, he was still going to be there to be able to receive the pass from him once he received the ball. And this is like two or three passes ahead. This is like the the real, real good stuff which you hope to get when you sign a player like Westwood with his experience and his pedigree. He has that stuff locked down to a level higher than any of our other midfielders, I believe. I think we have a midfield where they're all kind of good at their own things, but this was a game where we needed Westwood to be really good at what he is good at, and I think he delivered massively. Yeah, I think it's a really great shout-out. I definitely, I had a moment where I was sitting and watching this with some loved ones, and uh, I had a moment where I just sort of said out loud, and keep in mind, not all of these people are, are, are real soccer people, right? Some of them were watching it because it's what I do. And I said out loud, huh, I wonder if Latanzio has given, uh, has given Ashley Westwood an order to shoot more. I wonder if he's been told, hey, I need more goal threat from you. I want you to get into positions. I don't want you to worry about if it's a big chance or if it's a small chance. If you see a potential side of the back of net, just pass it into the back of the net. Uh, it, was, it was a really interesting game from Westwood because we saw him get so much more forward and take opportunities that I don't think I normally expect Westwood to get into those places. And it reminds me sort of of the... I'm being very generous to Ashley Westwood here, but it reminds me sort of of what Kevin De Bruyne has become mold, where uh, he is consistently trying to also get involved in the sort of the top half of the play and is there to use his his ability, his knowledge of the field, his, his ability to scan, not just to create for his teammates, but also to be an individual threat that has shooting potential. But you also know just has the technical ability that if you leave him completely open, he can pass the ball onto the back of the net. I, I personally wonder if Latanzio is asking Ashley Westwood to develop into this mold, sort of that more attacking eight that controls the game from higher up. If he is, I will be very, very excited to see what Ashley can do because I think he has the, we talked before about how he has that ability in his mind to scan the field and get open for passes. And then we've talked about now how he's sort of getting more to that front foot and willing to take a, a shot or two in this one. I'm interested to know whether or not it continues, but I do think it's a good game from Ashley. Final thoughts on him, Ewan? Yeah, yeah. I think what you mentioned there about the shooting, it could almost be a combination of the fact that with him playing higher up, he's just getting, he's just finding himself in those opportunities more often as well. Um, the, mm. the ball is dropping to him in those areas where he can have a shot and they, he does have a high technical floor. So that's another area where we could see goals from him being higher up the field, not just in him delivering the balls uh, into the box and, you know, relating with Vargas and, and, and underlapping and maybe getting an opportunity there at the byline. But also just by the fact of him being up there, he's going to have the opportunity to shoot more often. And hopefully that's going to lead to some goals. I think the other thing to mention with Westwood as well, was that one thing that helps him be able to do this and play in this role is when he's playing in the uh, in the team where Harrison Offal is also playing. Offal coming in and doing the fullback inversion 
takes a lot of the early build-up responsibility away from Ashley Westwood and allows him to go further up the field and do the things that we saw him do on Saturday. So it's almost like a like a side crown there for for Harrison Offal because with him in the side Ooh. doing the early build-up stuff, he is. Have I have I broken some rules? Is this? Uh... Uh, no, no, you haven't, you haven't broken any rules. I just I was not a fan of Harrison Offal in this one. I, I think what you're saying is is technically correct. Uh, technically yeah. correct, the best type of correct. But uh, I think that well, we can talk about it later on another another podcast. I think Harrison no, 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 doing no, no, no. that inversion leaves a lot of problems. Yeah, it does. It does. And I mean, we've spoken about that before, that that creates some issues in terms of our rest defense and creates uh, issues, you know, in it just generally. It's uh, it, it's not it's something that I that I do like in in possession stuff, but I've I, I, we we've spoken about it before that it's something that I would mm-hmm. like to see tweaked a little bit in how we do it, but just in terms of the on ball stuff. And and honestly, I say a side crown for Harrison Offal. It's just what he's being asked to do. It's more of a tactical thing that him coming into that area is is helping Ashley Westwood do what he does. I just think that Harrison Offal for his for the areas of his game where he is a little bit weaker. He is good in the early build-up stuff. He is a very neat player, and him being able to perform in that area and take that burden away from Westwood and help Derek Jones in that area, because we know Derek Jones, for all the stuff he's good at, isn't great in the early build-up stuff. So I just thought yeah. that was worth mentioning, that that little tactical tweak that we do with having Offal back in the lineup, doing that role, that kind of allows Westwood to do what he does uh, further up the yeah. field. So uh, Yeah, it gives him the space. Uh, I think I'm going to go to another guy from my crown, and then we'll start to wrap it up here. Uh, another guy who found the space pretty well today, and I think deserves <laughs> to be shouted out for it, is Carol Schwederski. Carol is a guy who has been bounced all around this team. You know, He's played 10, he's played right wing, he's played the 9, he's played part of a pivot 2 up top, a pivot 2 is played as part of a 2 up top. He's played... Uh, uh, it would not surprise me if I saw the next lineup and Carol Schroederski was playing like defensive left back. Uh, at this point in time, Carol, Carol has been asked to do a lot, and I think we've seen a lot of his limitations. I think we saw a little bit more of his striker's mind today. He was getting into some amazing places. And, you know, we early on in the game... There was a lot of talk, certainly amongst myself and, and, and us, about the fact that you know, he had one really, really, really brilliant opportunity, and he did everything right. right? He, he, he made the run perfectly. He made the first touch perfectly. He set himself up on his left foot, and then he dragged the ball, what was it, like eight or nine feet wide of the post from like five feet away? <laughs> it, uh, yeah. it wasn't a pretty shot, right? And as strikers, these are going to happen. And they look really bad when they happen. And what, you ha- what I believe you have to judge strikers on is, do they go chase the next one, right? Does their head go down? Does it drop? Or do they say, nope, I'm going to get the next one. I'm going to get the next one. I'm going to get the next one. Carol was finding space in this game. Now, maybe you could say there, well, we might look at it later on and go, well, tactically, he was just completely wide open and they weren't marking him, et cetera, et cetera. But he was finding space in behind that line regularly, and he was putting himself in positions to go create. I think if some of the people we talked about before have better delivery to him in this one, there were a couple from Justin Miram where he passed the ball like behind Carroll at full sprint, 
And if it had been in front of Carroll, where he could control it on the run and tap forward and, and continue pressing play, would have made some really terrifying situations for L.A. I think Carroll played himself into some really, really, really good positions. I think he helped with build up well. I think that his running at the nine position showed off sort of his capabilities in a different way from Enzo Capetti. And I think that it might have restored a little faith in me that when Capetti is not there, or if we need to rely more heavily on Carol Trudersky, that with a, a team around him that can let him run, can let him go hunt out spaces, not necessarily need to use him as a, as a consistent wall pass to, to keep possession, he can go and get himself into dangerous, you know, threatening areas. And he does go in and ghost into the back post and score a goal, which I don't think can be overlooked. I think it's important, even though the goal is not necessarily a masterclass, you know, it's good movement onto the boat back post. And then he just has to, you know, tap in a not easy ball, but not ridiculously challenging ball either. I think the fact that he drags that first one so wide and then doesn't give up and goes out and continues to do that Carol sort of trademark hard running and then gets himself a goal. I think that will do wonders for Carol's confidence. And I think it will do probably a little bit of a little bit of good for Christian Latanzio's mentality that says, Hey, this guy is good. How can we get him into good positions more often? Thoughts on this, Ewan? Yeah, I agree. I thought he had a really, really good game against uh, against LA. I think there's um, between him and between him and Capetti as number nines. It makes more sense that Capetti would start as the number nine when we have a kind of full, a fully fit squad, which. You know that's its own thing. It seems like we're just never going to have a fully fit squad at any at any stage. But when 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 everyone is fit, theoretically, it makes sense that Capetti would play in the number nine role and uh, Svidersky would play in other areas because he's better at playing other areas than Capetti is at playing in other areas, in my opinion. Uh, but just as pure nines, if you just ask me who the best striker is out of Swiderski and, and, and Capetti, I, I think it's I think it's Carol Swiderski, and I think he showed that in this game. Uh, he, like you mentioned. He does. He does everything. He can do the early build-up stuff. He has the uh, he has the poacher's instinct to score the goal that he did. He even in the chance that he misses, he is probably the only player who could who could have taken down that pass uh, the way that he did. Even though the the finish ended up uh, being like you say pretty pretty horrific. Uh, it's it's always it's always going to be about okay. There's a technical there's a, there's a technical flaw that you have that is pretty high. As long as you're getting into those areas, we're happy with that. We'll live with the misses because you are getting into those areas in a way that not many players uh, in MLS can. So I think that you know th- th- those areas of his game I think showed massively against uh, against LA. And the other part of this as well for Swiderski and uh, just uh, this is something for for me and other people who who really like him was just going back and thinking of the early part of this season, the first sort of three games where it was looking a little bit bleak, you know, he was getting a lot of, uh, he was getting a lot of criticism and then he goes on international duty and we were able to put some results together. Our first win of the season comes in a game he doesn't even play in. He's, He's on the bench for the entire game. And it just looked a little bit worrying for him. 
it looked like maybe this was going to end not so well for him and probably like in a transfer uh, in the summertime or, or something along those lines. So I think just as a big picture thing to kind of use this game uh, as the trigger to have that conversation for, I'm just really happy that we've found a way to get him effective in this side because he's got a really high technical floor and he can do things in this team that I don't think any any of our other players can do. And the fact that we've managed to make what seemed like a bit of a misfit at the start of the season turn into, okay, we can play this guy up front when Capetti isn't available. We can get him in the 10 in games where he is available. We can have him on the right in certain situations if the rest of the team is built to help with uh, sustaining extra uh, extra pressure on the byline. I'm just happy with the way this has generally worked out for him. And yeah, he was he was pretty awesome in this game, and it was uh, it was cool to watch because just in terms of uh, players in our team who I think are the most fun to watch, I think a purring Carol Sviderski is right up there. So yeah, I agree with this uh, with this crown massively. I think there's all sorts of conversation to be had around Carol in this one. You know, I, I think it has to be said. Carroll does a very good job of ghosting in against this defense quite a few times. He does a good job of beating his man, of getting behind these players. We're also talking about potentially the worst defense in MLS, right? This is not, <laughs> this is not like he went uh, to, to the other LA team or to Philly or to, well, I don't think Philly's doing all that great either. Um, this isn't like we went to the best, most stalwart team in, in the country or in the league and Carol's for certainly finding holes and, and opening up space, but it is a good start, right? What Carol Sradersky did today was basically dominate that defense. And is it the best defense in the league? No, but he went out. You, you can only play the people in front of you, right? I have seen some, some counterpoints to Carol going, Oh, well, LA is terrible. And you know, anybody could go to LA and, and get a few chances in on their defense. Uh, first off, there's still a professional team. There's still an MLS team. And two, you still have to go do it, right? Even if it's not the most stern of tests, you still have to go out there and get it done. And Carol does go out there and get it done and look quite good. So I felt like, or I felt like he deserved to be called out for, for his good efforts. I feel like that is a pretty good place to wrap it up. Ewan, uh, your, can you give me your sentence, your final thought on I think to sort of wrap up this one, I think it's fair to just say it was a game we should have won and we won it. That would be my sentence wrap up for this because we can go into it in a load of detail and say that this was disappointing, this didn't live up to this and everything. But it was a game we should have won and we won it. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, my final thoughts are going to be there's a lot about this that doesn't feel amazing. It wasn't a dominant 4-0 win against a bad team. But we did go get a result, and we're going to talk about it for a while, but then ultimately we're going to remember it as we got a result. And uh, with that really in-depth analysis, we hope that you guys have enjoyed <laughs> this one. We apologize uh, because I know that the audio quality isn't quite what we, we try and maintain for you guys. I hope that wherever you are, you are enjoying just as beautiful of you as I am. I will post the, the picture down the mountain for all of you listeners, uh, so that you may be jealous of my of my vacation spot that I've driven up to and don't actually come here. Uh, I think I think we've done it all. We love you. 
If you want to find us online, you can find us on Instagram at the underscore crown underscore cast. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at the underscore crown cast. And if you want to find us on the blog, you can find all the amazing stuff that Josh and Ewan do at crowncast.net. Oh, we've done it. We will talk to you again when we potentially have a very special guest or break all of this down on Wednesday. Goodbye. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. Oh, 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 oh